Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Lawrence Taylor Thomas. And I'm Shaney McCarthy. Welcome to episode 147, WrestleMania 11. WrestleMania 11. Where is Pamela Anderson? That's about as good a tagline <laughs> as we could have got from them. They didn't have a tagline for this show. Yeah. Hey. No I guess, yeah, I guess. No tag needed. Yeah, Vince was like, eh, it's 11. The bigger question is, where is Salt and Pepper? Oh, yeah. You know what? You know what I did? It's called Vince Doesn't Want to Pay for Those Rights. I know. But I looked it up on, I think it was on like Vimeo or something like that, the yeah. uh, clip, and they actually changed the lyrics to be about like Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor. Uh, and I was like, this is great. Why? I wish this was on the show. I highly suggest everybody looks looks it up. Salt and pepper. Salt and pepper, yeah. Yeah, look it up. Look up the salt and pepper <laughs> song. Well, maybe we'll put it in the show. Who knows? Eh, doubtful. Probably, probably not. It's good, though. I'm trying to remember. What song was it? It was What a Man. What a man. Yeah, okay, it's, it's What a it was Man. Just, it was different lyrics. Yeah, so. they just changed the verses up to be like about Lawrence Taylor being awesome and stuff. So it was fun. But it's like, ah, just pay the money. Salt and pepper... I mean, I don't know if they could use the money. Probably. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, at that point, they probably did. At that point, they have yeah, no. Peppa's got her wig line, so. Oh, does she? she? I think she's doing good. She's doing all right. Yeah. They're smart smart ladies. I'm sure they invested well. <laughs> but this was the 11th WrestleMania, produced by WWF. It took place on April 2nd, 1995, at the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut, with an attendance of 16,305, mm-hmm. with a buy rate of 340,000 people. The um, when they're in the this is the first time WrestleMania has been in Vinnie Mac's backyard, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if we've been to Connecticut before, but like WrestleMania is like, oh, I, I we didn't even have to get on an airplane. <laughs> this is cool. Just down the road. Connecticut. Mm-hmm. But we are in Connecticut. We are. So what deliciousness did Shane O'Mac bring us this week? Well, we've been on this journey now for a while trying different foods from different places and I did as I usually do where I looked up the official sandwich of Connecticut and it is the Connecticut style lobster roll. So you know obviously here in Oklahoma we have lots of lobster selections. Um, (laughs) Lots. (laughs) We are as landlocked as it possibly gets. I don't even know if there's any natural lakes in this uh, state. Maybe one. Yeah. My mom would be able to answer. I I couldn't tell you. (laughs) But yeah, I looked up lobster roll options here in Oklahoma, and we do have a few that are are pretty tasty that I've had. One of them was not available that I have a close link to. Another one was available, but it was not the right style. And then I remembered a conversation that Matt and I had had once upon a time about a food truck that specializes in lobster rolls. And I uh, decided to give them a, a little visit. Cousin's Main Lobster. It's 
a national franchise or possibly even worldwide, I don't know. They, they've been featured on Shark Tank and Good Morning America and Katie Couric Show. But essentially, they have mastered the uh, technique of... And now, Wrestling History X. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Thank, thank us, cousins. Exactly, cousins. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie. The, the pictures that they have on the, the food truck, everything looks awesome. They've got lobster rolls. They've got... And they have both styles as well. Yes. They've got the traditional style and the, the Connecticut style. What's the difference in the styles? Warm and cold. Yes. And Uh-oh. mayonnaise and no mayonnaise. Oh, okay. Um, they also have the Connecticut bisque. The Connecticut style is... Connecticut style is warm herb. with uh, butter and lemon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the traditional style is going to be uh, with a, a touch of mayonnaise to it um, and served cold. Okay. Oftentimes still with a little bit of butter or lemon. Yeah. But yeah, they've got lobster bisque. They have some tater tots that they dress up with lobster as well, kind of like a, a nachos thing, or yeah. loaded fries or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, decided to give them a try and got there right, unfortunately, towards closing time. So I had to be that guy. <laughs> um, I mean, on the plus side, yeah. uh, lobster roll, pretty easy. There's like... Two ingredients. Two, yeah. It's like butter... Mayonnaise, lemon, yeah. like, come on. You got to get it right, because if yeah. you fuck it up, then what the hell is the point? Not only mm-hmm. is the person pissed because they have to go find something else, but they I also just the, spent yeah. a good amount of money on it. The trick is cutting, is cooking the lobster correctly, yes. so it's not tough. Yeah, making sure that it's not tough, making sure that you know it's done. You want it to have a, a nice bright pink color to it, be still somewhat translucent, not too chewy. Yeah, I've had two yeah, chewy lobster. Definitely don't want chewy lobster. <laughs> But yeah, they uh, cousins Maine lobster. They they was, know their shit. It was great. I've never had uh, an, a lobster. No, it's very simple but delicious, and they don't skimp on the lobster too. I mean, there's some nice fat pieces in here. Um, yeah, I'm holding on to part of a claw right now. So I have a sandwich, and it was very satisfying. Yeah, it was like it was very a delicious. whole bunch of a whole bunch of protein and a little bit of bread. Best kind of sandwich. Uh huh. I want to have one of that. There you go, cousins. Thank you so much. Yeah, they get my seal of approval. Well, while we're still chewing on our delicious lobster rolls. Mm-hmm. Our sea bugs. The same weekend, Tommy Boy would be released to theaters. What the fuck? Road. Road. You know, where they get high in the car on accident. And they say road over and over again. I think about that a lot. Uh, um, I did not see this in the theater. I was pretty young in 95 but i remember my uh dad worked overnights and they'd be like testing airplanes or whatever so they were basically hanging out in a trailer all night and the guys would like rent movies and just put them on because they had to like kill time while they were doing running tests on an airplane uh and he saw tommy boy and thought it was the funniest thing ever and then like rented it went out of his way to rent it and show it to like you know me and my uh sister and uh probably seen this movie if anybody nobody's only seen this movie once no like it's impossible it's <laughs> it's so good that they tried to do it again with uh black sheep which is good it's just not nearly it's just not as good it's not tommy boy it's not it's just like it's not it didn't it's just an imitation yes still serviceable uh but when you, if you're gonna do a spade and farley you go straight to tommy boy yes this movie always is I always mean, great when you go Farley or Spade at yeah. any point, 
yeah. go to Tommy Boy. <laughs> and yeah, there's just so many classic moments in here. I always also or think Police of Police Academy Four. <laughs> Police Academy Four is the best one, right? <laughs> it's David Spade. Uh, is David Spade. Mm-hmm. The scene where the uh, his like love interest girl yells at the kids on the beach. The movie's just yes. I mean, what is there to say about Tom? Housekeeping. <laughs> Who doesn't do that? Yeah, the fat guy Still. in a little coat. Yeah, fat guy in a little <laughs> coat. Yeah, I still use this line to to this day. You look like a Helen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I almost uh, watched Tommy Boy the uh, the other day. I like turned on a streaming service and I was like, oh, Tommy Boy's like right there. Yeah, that's one of those. I mean. You had Tommy Boy, you had Billy Madison. You know, those were my, my two of my go-to movies back in the day. Also, this is a movie that's like not... It's, it's like a... You could show it to a kid because it's not a like raunchy comedy. No. It's just really funny. Like, Dumb and Dumber is a little raunchy, but it doesn't go too far or anything. But, like, this is fairly clean cut. Like, the beginning of the movie starts and it... Like, he had just hit a bong, but they don't actually show him smoke weed. So it's just like, you know... They made, sure that they made sure that this uh, that Chris Farley was for, for the whole family. Let's not forget that the world, once again, was introduced or reintroduced after Wayne's World to the comedic genius of Rob Lowe. Oh, because, yeah. Rob Lowe. Know, he, was, he was mostly just a, a pretty boy sex symbol back in the day. And once the 90s hit, he had to figure stuff out because he uh, couldn't fall back on that as much after some of the trouble he had gotten into back in the 80s. So. Yeah, and then uh, Bo Derek and... Um, Oh, why can't I remember his name? Brian Dennehy. Brian Dennehy, so good. Yeah, Callahan Auto and the with the oh, yeah, the yeah, somebody called the meat wagon. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> if you haven't seen Tommy Boy, we haven't we haven't ruined a thing. I promise. Nope. So the movie's too good to ruin. If you want a steak, you don't look up a. <laughs> oh, what is it? Yeah, you. Something about sticking your hand in a cow's ass or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he gets it wrong at one point. I don't know. I don't All know. What I know to say is about he's, a, he's a maniac. He is a maniac. Where he's where he's uh, hitting him with the gas. Shut up, Richard. Um, yeah, <laughs> brothers don't shake hands. Brothers <laughs> gotta hug. Did you eat bean chips as a kid? No, why? <laughs> we literally could sit here and just keep quoting this yeah. movie, but let's go ahead and start talking some wrestling, where we see the WWF logo come on the screen before showing highlights of the previous WrestleManias. Including all of the celebrities. Yeah, I love that it's like WrestleMania one, and then it like shows like twenty seconds of a clip, and then they go WrestleMania two, and they just like it's it's very funny. It's like they didn't have to do that. Didn't have to do that. We got a bunch of football players. Mm -hmm. We get and get the WrestleMania (laughs) eleven logo, which is not good. No, by any means, it's just purple. Right? Yeah, it's purple, basically. It's purple. I mean, it looks different than all the other ones, that's for sure. But it doesn't look good. And then it says, starring. It's, it literally <laughs> says starring. Yeah. Yep. As if it was a, a movie. Yeah. And not a predetermined sporting event. But we're going to have Pamela Anderson, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Jenny McCarthy, Nick Totoro, Salt and Peppa. And Lawrence Taylor's All Pro Team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's pretty studded, man. Once upon a time, they only needed euchre. Now they need a whole team. <laughs> we then see the crowd, and we zoom in on the on the ring where Vince is 
trying to welcome us to the show, but his mic isn't working. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, there's some uh, mic issues on the show. But he finally gets one that works to send it to the stage area by the entrance where Special Olympian Kathy Huey sings America the Beautiful. That, that girl can fucking sing. She sings the hell out of it. It's pretty wild. Yeah. It's just like, it's it's doesn't quite fit a wrestling event, but it is honestly probably one of the best ones we've got because it is an interesting spectacle. Yeah, it's one of those in all of it, in, 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 Susan Boyle moments, or yeah. is that her name? Yeah. 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 Where you aren't expecting this powerful voice to yeah. come out of this teeny tiny little thing and yeah that girl can sing. And I was like I don't know if she's blind or what I'm not trying to you know guess her ailments but she's a special she Olympian was. yeah but uh, it's uh, pretty crazy I was like damn yeah. this is wild she really goes for it. Yeah. But here's the bigger she thing great. she was not the first choice Oh, as the band Fishbone uh, had been promoted for the show we were going to get a ska version of it that would have been once, sick. They like literally promoted it on TV, but Vince finally heard their rendition, and he went, nope. Like, yeah, we are doing the national anthem. We're not going to Roseanne bar this. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know Fishbone. Or wait, I guess I probably did, but I didn't remember Don't remember, it yeah. Now. Uh, that's pretty funny. But yeah, Vince was like, no, we're not going to do a rock and roll national anthem, even though it's like, what did you expect a band to do? Yeah, like right? if yeah, it's like if they have guitars, that's what's going to happen. We're only a few years away from moving towards a some big names, some uh, metal bands taking yeah. care of all of our music. So yeah, I mean WWE gets very new metal. Ladies at some point. and gentlemen, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> Even at this point, uh, like recent NXT stuff is like there's like the theme song for our show. It's like some new metal esque song typically it's not quite the it's not quite 2002 new metal but it's still sounds like new metal to me i don't know i mean don't get me wrong flo rida is very talented but <laughs> he's had enough wrestlemania songs or SummerSlam songs it's time to speaking of wrestlemania songs i love the wrestlemania theme for this show it's a great one I'm talking just the instrumental. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's just so I was thinking so about cheesy. It, like, it feels even McMahon song. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like it even it feels like late '80s or super early '90s. It doesn't even fit for '95. I don't feel like, but it's great. <laughs> well, they used it for like five years in a row. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess that's why I liked it so much because it's just been been with me. But I was just like, ah, oh, man, this is this is getting me going. Vince finally has a mic that's working, and he's there with Jerry the King Lawler to preview the show. But then we head to our first match. The allied powers of Lex Luger and the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith versus the Blue Brothers of Eli and Jacob Blue with Uncle Zebediah. Yeah, I thought Zebediah. it was Zebediah. Yeah, I know. I thought it was Zebediah, too, because you hear that name all the time. But Zebediah? It's like... Why, why add the K? You know what everybody's thinking. So Uncle Zeb is Dutch Mantell, mm-hmm. who we haven't seen since Great American Bash 1990, episode 46. And that mustache has just continued to grow and grow and grow <laughs> and grow. You know what my first thought was when they announced this match? 
like, oh, no, fucking old Lexi, you've done fucked up. <laughs> First match on WrestleMania. the main event last year, yeah. one of them. And, like, I know that we all know Davey Boy Smith done fucked up, so it is what it is. He's just lucky to be here, but old Lexi done fucked up. Yeah, but, hey, they have almost matching tites, so, yeah, they're they're almost a Yeah, a they, have, they have cool, it's like and one's got a British flag. They look good together. I their, their little theme music, too. They look great together. I mean, it's right, fucking Lex Luger and British Bulldog. Like, they look great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a brawl breaks out to start with the Allied Powers sending the brothers into each other before hitting stereo power slams and clotheslines, followed by a double-team back elbow on Jacob. Yeah, that uh, stereo power slam, Lex kind of slipped on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he almost, almost landed on his, top of everybody. Yeah, almost <laughs> dropped his blue on top of Davey. Bulldog keeps it up with a vertical suplex on Jacob for a two count, but the brothers go for a double clothesline, only for Davy Boy to duck and return off the ropes with a double clothesline of his own. Eli's now in with a clothesline, which Bulldog ducks, only for Jacob to deliver a shot from the apron for the Blues to gain control. Davy Boy cradles up Jacob when he comes in, but the ref is getting Luger back into his corner, allowing Eli to come in and make the save. Eli with a side suplex for a two count, followed by the brothers delivering a double big boot to Davy Boy. Bulldog starts firing up with a clothesline that sends Jacob to the floor, only for Eli to jump in the ring to hit a big boot to stop the momentum. Eli then whips Davy Boy to the corner and charges in, only to meet the boot of Bulldog. But Jacob tags in to hit a body slam and heads to the second rope, only to miss an elbow drop allowing Davy Boy to crawl to his corner for the hot tag. Lex comes in with a knee lift, clothesline, and power slam on Eli. Knocks Jacob off the apron before delivering the bionic forearm to Eli. But Jacob is able to make it in to break up the pin, only to be chased off by Bulldog. Uncle Zeb then jumps on the apron, which distracts Luger, allowing Jacob and Eli to switch places in their ring. Because... They're twins. So when Lex makes the cover, it's only for a two count. Jacob then goes for a pile driver, but it's in Luger's corner. So he's able to make a tag, allowing Davy Boy to come in off the top rope with a sunset flip for the pin and And the the win. win. Cute little finish. A little quicker than I thought, or not, I shouldn't say quicker. (coughs) Not the way I would have expected it to end, but... You thought the Blue, Blue Brothers were going to win? No, I mean, I mean just, they, they, they were. I, I wasn't expecting the Sunset Flip to be the. Oh yeah, the deal. I wasn't either, honestly. <laughs> Jim Ross catches up with Uncle Zeb in the aisle, or at least that's what we're told, as it's completely dark and we can't see what they're. We're having some issues going. here in Connecticut. Yeah. And Zeb starts complaining that they pinned the wrong guy. They were hornswoggled. They technically did, but that's their own fault, really. Yeah. For, yeah, I'm trying to trying to get slick. Yep. But this is the first time we've seen Jim Ross since Survivor Series '93, Where's episode 106. Now, he did radio WWF for a while. He then got fired. Mm. Uh, went and did some Memphis stuff. What did he get canned for? Because uh, being too southern. Being too southern oh, yeah. really? <laughs> uh, they brought him back whenever Vince was gone. And now he's kind of here forever. Here doing this, and he'll be around for a while, <laughs> a little bit. 
Vincent sends us to the back where Nick Turturro's in the green room, but his mic isn't working, so we can't hear a thing. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, he's joined by Jenny McCarthy, who Vince actually says is Pamela Anderson, and like, how do you get your playmates messed up like that? Yeah, they look wildly. Look at him trying to cover his track. He doesn't know who is who. Yeah. <laughs> but we also see Nikolai Volkov behind them, who we haven't seen since Royal Rumble 92, episode 66. And Kama, the Supreme Fighting Machine, who we haven't seen since WrestleMania 8, episode 68, as Papa Shango. New, new coat of paint. That's or, right. Uh, you know, He's gone from the mystical to just being... A fighting machine? The yep. Supreme Fighting yeah. Machine. He'll become a Supreme Pimp at some point in his career. I love that when the audio issues are all messed up, Vince just does this like horrifically fake laugh, which we've all heard before, where he's like... Ha 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 ha! So and good. everybody in the back's like, oh, oh fuck. Yeah. yeah, they're like, they're like, you know that 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 uh, last ha was through a grimace. Yeah, each ha is the number of people I'm firing <laughs> when I get back there. Mm-hmm. We then go to one, two, three, kid, and Razor Ramon to say some words, and <laughs> there's still more mic issues, but we finally do hear kid basically say he's going to keep the roadie at bay. Yeah, the kids now like. <laughs> Wearing uh, like uh, bangs, <laughs> with bangs, but he also has like he's wearing like it looks like uh, like oh, like, like, like Japanese gear. pajamas. Yeah. It's very funny. Well, it's a karate know. thing, but it looks more like silk pajama like robe. Well, you know, WCW had their their little martial arts match mm-hmm. last time, so yeah. yeah, he had to have his. I mean, he does a lot of kicks up with it. You know, he Ming couldn't well. be the only one that went out there looking. Karate. Quote unquote karate. Authentic. Yeah. <laughs> but we then head to our second match. Jeff Jarrett with the roadie versus Razor Ramon with one, two, three kid for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. The champion came out first. Foreshadowing. So Ramon and the kid rush the ring, but Razor is stopped. By the dozen photographers at ringside, momentarily. But the bell rings as soon as he is in there, clearing the ring. Uh, the amount of photographers here is comical. Yeah. It's like, is this, are they real? Are they not real? They are real. They got the, Lawrence, the Lawrence Taylor oh. being here got them a lot of mainstream I mean, attention. That was the point. Lawrence Taylor is really exactly cool. The point. And he's extra cool right now here in 1995. But these yeah. photographers do get in the way. Quite often. <laughs> yeah, they're like all up on the mat throughout this show and certain stuff. And I'm like, I kept waiting for it to be like, um, what show was it where the photographer was like, uh, it was like the fake beard, he's on the apron, show, blah, blah, blah. But... but I was like waiting for that to happen at some point uh, in the show because there were so many of them, it seemed comical. Pyro then goes off with them standing in the ring before the match gets going when Double J gets back into the ring. And Ramon starts laying it in with right hands and a clothesline to send Jarrett back out to the floor, where Double J trips up Razor before sliding back in to take control with a sunset flip. But Ramon stays up and punches down. Rhodey then gets on the apron to deliver a shot to Razor, only for the Jarrett Irish whip to be reversed. But Double J is able to stop short of being hit, followed by Ramon hitting a right hand that sends Jarrett into the Rhodey, knocking him down to the floor. Razor with a roll-up for two, then sets up for his finisher, getting Double J lifted up, 
only for the roadie to pull him down a to early. the floor. A little early. Slipped him down. Jarrett starts to take a walk to the back, but the karate kid, I mean, one, two, three kid, <laughs> stops him and tosses him back into the ring, where Ramon gets another roll-up for a near fall. I must say, Razor and Jarrett, they just fucking got got some chemistry, yes. dog. I mean, I kept thinking that the entire time, like... This is great. I never, this yeah, is this really is good. really good. I mean, it was good last time. It's great here. It's like, I didn't realize how great Jeff Jarrett was. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe they were both at the, the high point in their addictions and they were just like <laughs> blending together. <laughs> yeah, they were all, they, yeah, they did exactly the same amount or of drugs. Or maybe they hadn't hit their addictions yet and, and they that's were both why, yeah. just like, boom. I mean, this is the IC, uh, you, this is the IC title. This, this is how you do it. This is the first like big match on the show. You better, you better knock it out. Mm-hmm. Double J starts firing up by sending Razor into a corner and choking him, followed by the roadie getting involved in it as well before Jarrett tries for a body guillotine, only for Ramon to move in time. The roadie jumps on the apron again to try for a clothesline, but Razor ducks, then slams his head into the turnbuckle, followed by tossing Jarrett over the ropes to the floor. I know, the fucking crowd pops for it, and Jarrett just, his, he really just throws himself out there. It's great. <laughs> Double J rolls back in to have Ramon send him to the ropes, only to telegraph the backdrop, allowing Jarrett to hit a swinging neckbreaker a pair of drop kicks, and a body guillotine. After tossing Razor from corner to corner, Double J misses an enziguri, only to then move out of the way of an elbow drop to stay in control with a headlock. Ramon then elbows his way out, countering a hip toss into a backslide for a two count, but Jarrett then counters with a clothesline, followed by a sleeper, only for Razor to quickly shove him off. We get a whiplash by Double J for a near fall, before going back to the headlock which Ramon escapes with a side suplex, and both men are down. Once back to their feet, Razor starts running the ropes, only for the two men to bump heads for a double KO. But back up, the two men start delivering double punches for another double KO, and the crowd is getting restless. Ramon crawls over and makes a cover for a two count, but then fires up with right hands before catching Jarrett for going for a crossbody and turning it into a fallaway slam for a near fall. Discus punched by Razor, and then the kid tries to crotch Double J on the ring post, but he's kicked off into the guardrail. Ramon climbs the ropes to go for a bulldog, but Jarrett moves out of the way and starts working the leg with a knee breaker before putting the figure four on, even getting some leverage help from the roadie. Razor's struggling, but he finally gets it turned over and is using leverage from the kid until the ref sees it to cause the break. Ramon then sets Double J up on the top rope, hitting a super back suplex. Calls for the razor's edge, only for the roadie to run in and clip Ramon's knee for the disqualification. Ah, damn it. The knee they were working. Post-match, 1-2-3 runs in to deliver some spinning heel kicks to everybody. But Jarrett and the roadie are too much and start beating him down until Razor is able to recover to help clear the ring. Yeah, one, two, three kid, that kick he threw at Jarrett. I mean, the, both of the kicks that he threw were good, but that one with Jarrett, it was like he the one clicked he... him with one leg and then like hooked him with his other leg as he was coming down, and I couldn't tell for sure if Jarrett came down on his leg or his head. or, or Maybe his head foot. because uh, you know he got a bloody nose somewhere there at the yeah. end. Yeah, I mean, this was 
so good. I want like I want these. Um, hopefully we'll get it again. You'd imagine that's the case because the last time we saw it, it was great, and it's great this time. And you know, give me the trilogy. Jim Ross catches up with Double J in the aisle, and he says that payback is a you know what. Vincent sends us to Nick Turturro in the green room. Third time's a charm. We finally get this segment where he tells us that Pamela Anderson isn't in her dressing room. So Nick's hanging out here, and he brings in Jenny McCarthy when Kama comes over to flirt. Yes, yeah, I love how all this time later, everything just plays back exactly the same way it was before when they were there before the match. All the guys are still standing in their little huddle talking, <laughs> talking and yeah. Jenny McCarthy's right there. So we're going to get this segment, damn it. <laughs> Shawn Michaels then shows up to say he is leaving as champion, followed by Psycho Sid giving his thoughts as well, saying something about fear and nightmares. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen Sid since Halloween Havoc 93, mm-hmm. episode 103. He's in the doghouse from um, maybe a stabbing? That would be exactly where he was. <laughs> Hence the new nickname, even. He's just gone full psycho now. He's, yeah. no, he's no longer vicious. I wonder he's just how, a psycho. how well known it was that he had stabbed Arn Anderson at this point in time. Were you aware of this, Shane? Probably not. No. Fans probably weren't. Yeah. But, I mean, inside, I mean, inside the business. Yeah, I mean, everybody definitely. Internet wasn't quite as active yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> think it was. So, kind of the story behind all of this is after the Rumble, the Heartbreak Kid had decided he needed a bodyguard. So Psycho Sid was brought in to provide protection. He needs a new Diesel. That, that's right. And he's going up against Diesel, so big man versus big man there a little bit. Vincent sends us to a video package where we see IRS repossess the Undertaker's urn while King Kong Bundy stares down the dead man in the ring at, at the Royal Rumble. We then go to Todd Pettengill, who's in the crowd with former Chicago Bear Neil Anderson. And he starts asking him about Lawrence Taylor and his match. And my first thought was, oh, Neil Anderson, you're not an all-pro, man. He's not on the all-pro team. Oh, true, yeah. Is he part of the... Which he actually the... was an all-pro at one point. But but that's yet. what I was thinking. But, you know. Hey. Not everyone can be around the ringside for the that's main right. event. He's got a better seat anyway. Too good to be a lumberjack. <laughs> so we then go to our third match. King Kong Bundy with the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase versus The Undertaker with Paul Bearer with Larry Young as the special guest referee. So Larry Young was a out-of-work baseball umpire as the Major League Baseball strike was still going on at this point. It was a couple weeks away from getting started back up. So Was he a... Like I assume, popular ref, or are they just like, yeah, we might as well say that he's a baseball ref, just because? I literally have no clue what connection he had to wrestling. WWF, wrestling, yeah, anything. Yeah. He's just here because... Maybe he's a hometown yeah. hero. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I really don't. Vince says that Undertaker has never lost at WrestleMania. So our first mention of the streak? I, I think so. I believe, I believe that's the case. This is what Undertaker is like, fourth, fourth. WrestleMania? Yep. So DiBiase accidentally drops the urn as he's trying to get out of the ring, but he finally gathers himself to exit when Bundy then charges at Taker, who's turned around in the corner. 
only for the dead man to move in time, sending King Kong into the turnbuckle. Undertaker starts delivering right hands before hitting old school that staggers Bundy. So Taker goes for multiple clotheslines that finally knock King Kong down. Bundy's back up and hits a clothesline that sends the dead man over the ropes to the floor. Only for him to land on his feet right by the million dollar man. So Undertaker rips the urn away from him and returns it to Barry, who opens it for the light to shine into the crowd. <laughs> I love the I love when they put the light in the urn, but it's a shame because the lights are all on right now. So it's like, ah, oh, you can kind of see it. Yeah, maybe this wasn't the spot for it. Anyway. DiBiase then goes down the aisle and he looks to be motioning for someone as Taker gets back in the ring to deliver more right hands and chokes. All of a sudden, Kama, the supreme fighting machine, comes running down to the ring. He kicks Paul Bearer and takes the urn, only for the dead man to grab him, which allows King Kong to attack from behind. Kama is just born to run in. Born to (laughs) run. Born to run. Especially at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, And they... They let him get there on time this time. Yeah, last time it was for the <laughs> Warrior match, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kama escapes down the aisle with the urn, where Jim Ross catches up with him and asks him what he's going to do with it. He says he's going to melt it down and make jewelry out of it. All right. I guess. I mean, you know. I guess, I, like, you could have gone the violent route. It's like, I'm going to make bullets. Hey. I'm going to put one in the, ta- in the Undertaker, because this dead man won't die. He's going to make jewelry. How do you uh... think he gets all that hose? Oh, yeah. Mm, He's going to make a cane. (laughs) One whole cane, please. So meanwhile in the ring, Bundy with a body slam and a pair of clotheslines to send Undertaker to the floor. Taker then slides back in, only to receive some boots and chokes from King Kong, before going for a snapmare that is blocked. So Bundy just hits a body slam and a knee drop for a two count. King Kong whips the dead man to a corner and charges in, only for Undertaker to get a boot up. Followed by a body slam and a leaping clothesline for the pin and, and the, the win. win. Uh, Undertaker couldn't safely pile driver old KKB King Kong Bundy. Hey, so, you know. He body slammed him better than uh, Lex body slammed old Yokozuna. Jacob or Eli. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, on this show at all. But, yeah, the uh, it's like, oh, I mean, I wouldn't want to. If I was King Kong Bundy, I wouldn't want to be taking a pile driver either. I know that. Undertaker is one of the safest guys to do it, but King Kong Bundy is a, a little too big, and uh, yeah. you can't you can't have that much behind your uh, neck if uh, even if your head doesn't touch the bat. <laughs> so this would obviously make Undertaker four and zero at WrestleMania. Hell yeah! And this would be the last time we see King Kong Bundy. Uh, I mean, we hadn't seen him in like a decade anyway. Probably less than that, but I mean, it'd been a while. He had a, a nice little, quick little run, a couple of pay-per-views, probably an okay payday. He had a match with The Undertaker. Does he just never wrestle again? Or I mean, I mean he least... stays in the company for a few more months, but he never shows back up on, uh, pay-per-view. on pay-per-view. Yeah, but then he just, does he like legitimately retire? Or is he like everyone else and never retires? He gets let go, and I think he wrestled for a few more years, but never, never yeah. does anything major. Yeah. I was, I'm sure he's probably passed at this point. It's an acting. I think so. Or more acting. Remember, he at one point was unmarried with children. Oh, yes. Yeah, he, was, he was Cousin Bundy. Or, I don't remember what his actual name was, but yeah. since his last name was Bundy, it was him. 
he's the he's the kind of big guy that is great to be like it could be a great goofy character actor just like yeah just throw him in there in the pool hall and he's the big guy when somebody tries to beat somebody up and then they like look over at their friend and it's king kong bundy growling we then go to nick Totoro again and this time he's outside pamela anderson's dressing room and he tells us that she and sean michaels had a big disagreement earlier in the evening and now nobody has seen her since oh man couldn't get any worse than that he then's walking off and he asks for help from Steve McMichael. I was fucking wrong. Wow. Reggie White and the rest of LT's All Pro team. Oh, Steve McMichael. Oh, oh Mongo, huh? It's his first appearance. Oh, yay. <laughs> we'll see a lot more of Steve McMichael. Okay, he's a football player at this point. Yes. Okay. And I mean we all know we all know the close ties of football players uh, and and wrestling. Off the top of my head. Immediately, I think Ron Simmons, Goldberg, The Rock, Lawrence Taylor. Well, Lawrence Taylor, yeah. But I mean, you know, I mean, he's headline in WrestleMania. Yeah, the, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, yeah. I mean, there's a, like basically almost everybody. But I always think of Ron Rex Simmons. Steiner, Doctor Death. Yeah, Doctor Death for sure. Ron Breaker. Yeah, I always just think of Ron Simmons first. Brian Pillman. But maybe it's just because I like already. him the most. Yeah, yeah, Pillman. Moose. Mm, yeah, you, we could do this for days probably. probably. Honestly, you could probably make this a, we should probably move uh, forward. a 20 <laughs> questions uh, in the future. <laughs> Another dressing room, and he goes into it, and he sees Bob Backlund and Jonathan Taylor Thomas playing chess. And Backlund starts yelling about cameras. This is what's wrong with America. As JTT wins their chess match. Yeah, Backlund doesn't know who Pam Anderson is. He thinks the kids are all crazy. And he starts yelling random, just trivia questions at Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who knows all the answers to them. So he, then he complains that youngsters don't respect their elders. <laughs> they think they know it all. I thought that was a, actually a pretty funny segment. Yeah. It was. I mean, Backlund's hamming it up, but he's really entertaining. I mean, you got Prime JTT right there, too. Oh, yeah. I was hoping later in the show that he came out to the Home Improvement theme song. <laughs> That would have been great. <laughs> God, I hate uh, Buzz Lightyear. Uh, what's his name? Tim Allen. <laughs> I like Buzz Lightyear. Chris Evans. <laughs> oh, is he voicing the new Buzz Lightyear? Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. But he's a real person. Yeah. Is this like the prequel? The prequel. Okay. It seems really silly, but I'm sure I'll watch it. Have you heard the uh, um, the theory that yeah he goes out in space and he goes through a portal and it's actually him as the toy. <laughs> it's this weird... Yeah. But it's like a funny... God, I love that. It's a funny conspiracy theory type thing. That is funny for sure. It is weird for them to... For Disney to do that, but... You know, they leave no stone unturned, so mm-hmm. it's not surprising. We then go to our fourth match. Owen Hart and a mystery partner versus the Smoking Guns. Of Bart and Billy Gunn for the WWF Tag Team Championships. I know, you're going into the Tag Team Championships with a mystery partner? Mm-hmm. So the story behind this match was that Owen had lost with Jim Neidhart in the Tag Team Tournament earlier in the year. So he dumped his dumped his bro? His bro-in-law? Well, more like his bro had been dumped by the company. Oh yeah, he didn't, uh, la- he didn't, didn't last too long this time, huh? No. I assume he just had uh, drug problems? 
Who knows? Not sure. Yeah. Well, you can pretty much you can pretty much say that about anybody in wrestling. Yeah, except for like maybe Brett. <laughs> Hart then claimed he would bring in one of Brett's biggest enemies to help him win his first title. So Owen announces his partner to be Yokozuna, who we haven't seen since Survivor Series 94, episode 136. Um, yeah, like Thank almost, yeah. Not, not almost a full year, but you know, been a while. He comes out with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji. Vince then sends us to the back where the smoking guns are asked if they are surprised by Hart's partner. They say it's a big surprise, but we're still leaving as champions. But on a side note, after watching this promo, it made total sense why Billy is the bigger star than Bart ever was. Bart was just a pretty face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like Billy had some charisma on his on this promo. Oh, for yeah. sure. I was just like, yeah, Billy, go yeah. for it. The, um, I love that somebody gave... Jerry Lawler a sheet of facts for like each match because you he he like it's obvious he doesn't say them very naturally but he lets us know that it's been exactly six years since Owen Hart debuted as the Blue Blazer and yeah and Vince Man of course lets us know that Yokozuna is even bigger than the last time we saw him which is true <laughs> yeah it always is bigger beardier yeah but he looks. He looks a little more relaxed, not so not so stiff as he was, you know, during his championship days. Oh yeah, I mean, maybe he was a little bit better at fat camp this time. <laughs> or worse, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure. He, yeah, may- <laughs> maybe they just stopped hassling him at this point. So it's like, yeah, I'm good. Uh, just just get over here. So Owen and Billy start us off with guns slapping Hart and grabbing the arm for Bart to jump in off the ropes onto it. But after an eye rake, Yoko comes in, only to miss a clothesline. Zuna hits a body slam and goes for an elbow drop, but Bart moves out of the way and goes for the arm, only for a right hand to put a stop to that. Yoko working from underneath already. Owen's in to work the arm, only to run into a pair of arm drags from Bart. The guns then hit a double-team Russian leg sweep, followed by a double drop kick on Yokozuna to send them out to the floor to regroup. Owen makes his way back to the apron, so Billy brings him in with a slingshot. The guns then hit a back suplex neckbreaker combo for a two-count. Hart is being slung around the ring, going sternum first into corners, followed by a double-team side suplex leg drop combo. That only gets a two count, as the ref is trying to get Yoko back onto the apron. Billy goes for a body slam, only for Owen to float over and drop toe holds gun, followed by a Zuna leg drop. Leg drop to the back of the head. Ain't fucking around. Billy rolls to the floor, where Hart continues the punishment by ramming him into a ring post. Posted. Before rolling gun back into the ring. Billy's firing up. But a headbutt, chops, and a trap hold from Yokozuna stops that momentum. Trap hold. The nerve of him. <laughs> Yoko's holding <laughs> Billy for Owen to come in with a top rope drop kick, only for Gunn to move, causing Zuna to take the blow, allowing Billy to make the crawl to the corner for the hot tag. Bart press slams Hart, whiplashes Yokozuna, and starts to run the ropes only for Owen to low bridge, sending Bart to the floor. 
while Billy gets hit with a belly-to-belly suplex by Yoko. Zuna hits the bonsai drop on Billy, but Bart is able to make the save before delivering right hands to Yokozuna, only to be back body dropped to the floor. Hart is tagged in, and he starts to put the sharpshooter on, but he realizes that Billy is still out, so he just makes the cover for the pin and the win. You know what's crazy? No Fuji, I apologize. And no! <laughs> Keep it in, double it. <laughs> crazy, no Fuji or Jim Cornette uh, interference. Mm-hmm. Right? No. Right? I thought that was wild. You got Jim Cornette here and you're not even going to have him do anything? Fuji doesn't even use the flag? Well, where, are we, where are we? I guess they didn't need it. That's true. They won't. Yeah. Kind of weird that he like goes to put on a sharpshooter and is like, ah, fuck it. I'll just cover it. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh. There was a really great Jerry Lawler line where he's talking about how Owen Hart's so much smarter than Brett. And he says that Brett still thinks Old Yeller is a story about Stu's tooth. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. Wow. We then have Vince and the King start talking about the Stridex blimp. Oh, that's right, X Blimp. Giving them great camera shots. It's oh. the it is the lowest quality uh, camera ever. It's so funny. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I am pro Blimp. I think Blimps are cool. Oh yeah, and you know I I appreciate what they were going for there, but mm-hmm. it was as effective as their sound quality was at the beginning of the show. It just ain't there. I really only mention this because Lawler has a great line. Where he says they should fly it over to one, two, three kids' locker room. Oh, yeah. He's got so many pimples, you could play connect the dots. Baller's great. We all know that. So they send it to Todd Pettengill, who's with Bam Bam Bigelow, who shows us the confrontation from the Royal Rumble between Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam. Bigelow then says, he was disrespecting me, so I shoved him. We then go to footage from the WWF Times Square pre-WrestleMania workout where the two men are start brawling in the middle of the ring with wrestlers having to break them up. It would be pretty neat to be in the middle of Times Square yeah. and catch a stupid wrestling match. Bam Bam then says he isn't worried about the fan support. He's going to teach Lawrence Taylor a lesson tonight because he's just a flash in the pan. Get it. I don't. No, I, mean, I just oh, mean get uh, it. Oh, get it. I got you. I thought I was like, is there, is, is, is there a... was Lawrence Taylor called The Flash? No. I got you. Okay. I don't know a whole lot about Lawrence Taylor except for that he wears one earring and he looks cool. Mm-hmm. And he played football. We then go to our fifth match. Mr. Bob Backlund versus Brett the Hitman Hart in an I Quit match. With Rowdy Roddy Piper as the special guest referee. I know, we got the return of the microphone. I don't feel like they always use a, a, a microphone for an I Quit match, but I'm pro. Pro that. So the last time we saw Piper was at King of the Ring 94. All the way back in episode 120. I love his No Fear t-shirt. It's like he's not Hot Rod. It says No Fear and we got Taz on the back in a kilt. It's a pretty stellar t-shirt. So Hurt goes right after Bob, pounding him into a corner with headbutts and back elbows before trying for a sharpshooter, only for Backlund to kick him away. Brett keeps up the attack with an elbow drop and turnbuckle smashes when Roddy comes in with the mic screaming, 
What do you say? Smack him in the face with it. <laughs> but Bob says no. The hitman goes back to the sharpshooter, only for Backlund to roll through. So Hart applies a figure four, with Piper screaming at Bob. Bob. What do you say? Gotta loosen up that knee for the sharpshooter. Backlund turns the hold over. So Roddy then starts asking Brett until the hold is broken when the hitman makes the ropes. Hart continues to work the leg when Bob kicks his face to escape, following up by working Brett's arm in the corner before stalking behind to lock on the chicken wing, only for the hitman to avoid momentarily. Backlund continues the punishment with an arm bar, changing into a hammerlock, which Hart escapes with a body slam and a backbreaker. Second rope elbow connects for Brett, and he goes for the sharpshooter again, only for Bob to turn into the ropes to break the hold. Jerry Lawler keeps teasing um, Roddy Piper turning on Brett from their WrestleMania 8? Yes. Eight match? A great a great match. You should all go back and watch. Very good match. Yeah. He, he's, he's teasing trying it. to play the Piper's out for revenge. He's I know. Gonna, he's going to be on Bob's side. It's a, it's, a good, it's a good angle. Good job. You're doing your job, Jerry. Then you got... Piper in the ring with his heart, Bob, heart, Bob. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> the hitman sends Backlund to the corner and charges in, only for Bob to move, sending Hart shoulder first into the post. Posted. I love the shots of the microphone uh, in the corner. They do like the mic cam. They get like right up next to it in, into the ring. I love when they do stuff like that. Backlund starts stalking. Brett from behind so he can lock on the cross-faced chicken wing. Oh, no. Only for the hitman to reverse into one of his own and drops down to the mat. Oh, Oh, my God. Piper with his, what do you say? And Bob garbles something that sounds like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, did he say yeah as in yes, or is he just in pain? And Roddy calls for the bell, making Hart the winner. He didn't actually say I quit. I mean, that's obviously, that's the I mean, that's when, the he, angle. when he originally lost the title, you know, he, he didn't get pinned. He didn't quit the match. The towel was thrown in by somebody else. So, so what we've learned is that in 20 years, Bob Backlund doesn't ever actually lose. He's very protected. Mm-hmm. Bob Backlund, Roman Reigns, WrestleMania 38. Ooh. Ooh. Would watch. Is that the next WrestleMania? I forget. Yeah. I think that's right. I think think that's the right number. (laughs) Took a wild guess. Brett has said in his book that this is his least favorite match of his entire career. Oh, really? See, but as I was just reading this, the word least just totally blurred, so I read it as this is his favorite match of his career. I'm like, (laughs) It's like, that's crazy. Crazy talk. It's not terrible. It's, It's not great. But it's not... Is it good? It's better than a lot of stuff we watch. <laughs> yeah, but is it good? But I don't, it's not the best <laughs> I'm a, use I'm of, a screener for the film festival, and... It's not the best use... Certain things are better than what I watched before, <laughs> yeah. and that doesn't mean they're good. Yeah, it's uh, not not the best use of Brett on a WrestleMania. I'll no. say that. I mean, I can't remember what all was happening with them at this time, but I really don't think we needed to pick back up with Brett and Bob after... Survivor Series. I mean, yeah, I know Brett needed to get his redemption from being beat, but... I don't think anybody was clamoring for it. No. No, everybody kind of forgot about it three days later when Bob lost the belt. Yeah. (laughs) Jim Ross catches up with Backlund on his way to the back, and Bob just looks all crazed, saying he saw a light. Yeah. 
he saw the sign and it opened up his eyes. We then go back to Nick Turturro. And he says he still can't find Pamela Anderson. Where is Pamela so Anderson? So she must have left the building. Oh, oh my God. Because <sighs> Nick Turturro is a detective on NYPD Blue Guys. <laughs> He's such a little guy. I never watched NYPD Blue. Good. I mean, I, I mean, obviously it was hot at the moment. Five I imagine seasons or so. This is probably the beginning of it. I'd imagine. I mean, I figured you would have at least watched the first season, so you could have, you know, had the the David Caruso effect. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll get to NYPD. <laughs> we then go to Todd Pettengill, who's in the back with Diesel, and he says, "I know what Sean's game plan is," but he then botches his line as he's about to say he's there to regain the belt instead of. Hold on to the belt. Yeah, he, he definitely botches. It. He's like, uh, oh, yeah. You can see his face just kind of be like. And I'm going out there to regain. Or, I, mean, I mean, to hold on to the title. Yeah. We then go to Howard Finkel, who announces our celebrities for the next match. Jonathan Taylor Thomas is the guest timekeeper. Oh. Uh-huh. Nick Totoro is the guest ring announcer. Let's hope the microphone works. <laughs> and we head to our sixth match. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, with Psycho Sid, and Jenny McCarthy, <gasps> versus Big Daddy Cool Diesel, <gasps> with Pamela Anderson. What the fuck? For the WWF Championship. But she left. She was gone. She wasn't even there anymore. Nobody could find her. Shawn's a jerk. And Jenny, I guess, you know, she can... She's got a little more... She singled him out. A little, a little bit more uh, spitting. He singled her out. Something. Yeah, oh, she's no. got a little more spitting vinegar. She can hang with Shawn Michaels. Pam's like, either be nice or don't even get near me. So by virtue of winning the Royal Rumble, Anderson was supposed to be in the Heartbreak Kid's she corner. contractually obligated. But she had left him, and so he went and got Jenny McCarthy instead. So the big question is, guys... Pamela Anderson or Jenny McCarthy? Oh my God, it's an impossible question. Yeah, if you flip a coin, you're still you're always a winner. The uh, <laughs> especially like at this point in 1995, where they're just like peak fucking hot, crazy, crazy. Then Pamela Anderson, now Jenny, Jenny McCarthy. McCarthy. I will. I mean, I could agree with that. I go Jenny McCarthy. Then Pam now. Jenny McCarthy now. If we can keep Jenny McCarthy's mouth shut, <laughs> now as well. Oh, yeah, I mean that that wasn't the, the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, like, alone, I'm just I'm just. I would go like, like early Pamela Anderson. She was she was gorgeous back then. And then oh man, yeah. Tommy Why? Lee happened, and I always forget. She Wire is happened. she is married to Tommy Lee at this point. Oh, is she oh, already yeah, okay. okay. But yeah, like, and I always Kid Rock happened. Oh, <laughs> Kid Rock, man, what a he ruins everything. But like, what a lucky son of a bitch. Not handsome. I would argue that uh, he's not particularly talented. No. But that's just me. Only God knows why. Uh, I make that joke. <laughs> I, I say, use that joke all the time. Only God knows why. I say, you get what, it's like, as Kid Rock always says, you get what you put in, and people get what they deserve. Only God knows yeah. why. And every time I say that, my friends get very upset with me. <laughs> but I will never yeah. forget that lyric. I don't know why, but it's just yeah. it's just stuck in my only, head. Only God only knows God why. Knows he gave the world Uncle Cracker, and the world said, uh, fuck you, we are done. So. I honestly will take Kid Rock over Uncle Cracker. That one Uncle Cracker song is like is every aunt's, like every aunt's favorite song. I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. So Sean goes to attack before the bell, only to be backdropped over to the floor. 
which allows Diesel to invite Anderson into the ring for his pyro. The bell finally rings and Michael starts running the ropes, ducking a clothesline and a back elbow. Tries for an O'Connor roll, only for Big Daddy Cool to hold onto the ropes. So HBK starts running the ropes again, only to run into a forearm. Sean starts working the arm, but he's shoved off, hip-tossed, and back-body dropped, before being sent to a corner for a flare flip to the floor, where he falls on top of a cameraman, which Michaels manhandles for being in his way mm-hmm. for a moment. Good. Oh, yeah, I was like, mm, he's, he's, a little, way, dude. he's a little upset. He's probably pretty annoyed about all these damn cameramen in general. Mm-hmm. I thinking, you could have, I could have broken my back. Mm-hmm. Sid jumps on the apron to provide a distraction, but it doesn't work as Diesel turns in time to deliver a forearm as HBK gets into the ring. Sid jumps on the apron to provide a distraction, but it doesn't work as Diesel turns in time to deliver a forearm as HBK gets into the ring. Big Daddy Cool charges into the corner, only for Sean to move, and he goes for mounted punches multiple times, which Diesel just shoves him off each time. Big Daddy Cool with a back elbow tries for a press slam, but a rake of the eyes causes Diesel to drop him. Michaels then goes for a suplex, but it's reversed into a vertical suplex by Big Daddy Cool, following up with a knee that sends the Heartbreak Kid to the floor. Diesel drags Sean to the apron, where he receives an eye rake, allowing Michaels to enter the ring and hit a sunset flip, only for Big Daddy Cool to stay up and choke lift HBK onto the ropes to crotching. The, uh, I, I feel like maybe he called up Hogan and was like, is it cool if I do eye rakes? <laughs> I was thinking they called it an eye rake, but I swear it was just a thumb, thumb, of the eye. thumb of the eye. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, maybe Piper was there and he gave him the okay. Okay, cool. Sean ducks a big boot, coming back with a clothesline that sends them both over the ropes. A real 360. Only for Michaels to skin the cat to return to the ring. It's fucking sick. <laughs> Goes to the top rope, coming off with a crossbody all the way to the floor. It's a big old crossbody, too. Mm-hmm. He didn't just, like, fall to the floor. He jumped up and down to the floor. Because he had to jump off all, over the, all the photographers. <laughs> Heartbreak Kid rolls back in, hits Diesel with a baseball slide kick, tries for a second one as Big Daddy Cool moves, and he goes for a back elbow. But Sean moves and sends Diesel elbow first into the ring post. Smart. One of those camera guys looks like a character actor, and I couldn't figure out which character actor it was. Mm. I was like looking people up, and I was like, it's not like Brian James or Byron James or whatever, but it's he looks like a character actor that I could not could not uh, find. But I did. I did. Uh, he looked. So familiar that I had to do some research. I'm trying to think of who Brian James or Byron James is. You'd recognize him. Right now, I'm only thinking of him as one of the guys at the end of Enemy Mind. But that's obviously not his biggest role. But he's one of those guys that plays like a, like a crony in like okay. a gang or something. Michaels then delivers a splash off the apron, rolling back into the ring to distract the ref to keep him from counting out Big Daddy Cool. Once back in the ring... Heartbreak Kid hits a boot to the head and stomps to the face before hitting a second rope bulldog for a two count. Following it up with a knee lift, right hands, and a springboard back elbow for an ear fall. Not fucking around. Mm-hmm. A series of double axe handles and knees to the back continue the punishment before heading up top for a elbow drop for a two count. Sean then tries for a DDT several times 
only for Diesel to toss him off each time, before sending Michaels to the corner, where a heartbreak kid tries to leap up and over him, but he's caught by Big Daddy Cool. Sean ends up wiggling his way free, shoving Diesel into the turnbuckle, before jumping on his back and applying a sleeper, taking Big Daddy Cool down to the mat, where the ref checks on him. Once. Twice. But Diesel starts to fire up, getting to his feet and ramming Michaels into a corner. A pair of back elbows, multiple clotheslines, snake eyes, and a body guillotine by Big Daddy Cool regains control of the match before sending Heartbreak Kid to the corner for another flare flip, but this time only to the apron. But Diesel hits a forearm to knock him out to the floor. I love that. Love that spot. That Laying on the apron, Pam. taking a clothesline or a forearm. Get that out, get for out, Pam. Get out of here. Yeah, that one is for Pam. <laughs> Sean does a little cat and mouse, going in and out of the ring with Big Daddy Cool stalking after him, with the ref following behind. But when Hebner drops to the floor to stop Sid from interfering, he twists his ankle. Oh, no. Not the Hebner ankle bump. Yeah. Back in the ring, Michaels hits Sweet Chin Music. Makes the cover, but the ref is still out. So Sid rolls him in, only to get a near fall. You got another leg there, old Hebner. Come on. Psycho, get to hopping. Psycho Sid then jumps on the apron and cuts off the top turnbuckle pad in a corner. I love that it's a little Swiss Army knife. Teeny tiny Swiss <laughs> Army knife, yep. <laughs> Which exposes the steel, with Heartbreak Kid looking to slam Diesel's head onto it, only to be reversed into a back suplex with both men knocked out, until Sean drapes an arm over for a two-count. I mean, the crowd's going wild. There's some diesel chants, and I feel like I heard a few Let's Go Sean's. I'm not sure exactly. I, was I, mean, yeah, I mean, he's pretty cool. <laughs> Michaels then comes off the second rope, but he's caught and dropped with a sidewalk slam. Big Daddy Cool... The ribs! They've been doing the work in the ribs throughout the match. A sidewalk slam, right on the ribs. Big Daddy Cool then catapults Heartbreak Kid towards the exposed corner. But they're so far away, Sean only hits the second turnbuckle, which is still padded. It looks perfect, though. Mm-hmm. He, like, the where the camera is, and he, like, misses it, and you're like, oh, he's, he, uh, he'll be all right. And then he legitimately, like, just right on the money face plants the second turnbuckle. I don't know if I've ever seen somebody's head go into the turnbuckle more perfectly. <laughs> Both men get back to their feet, where Diesel starts revving up with forearms. A big boot and a jackknife powerbomb for the pin and And the win. So post-match, all the celebs get in the ring, including Jenny McCarthy, to celebrate with Big Daddy Cool. Pam and Jenny are still buds. Just saying. Oh yeah, they're cool. While Jim Ross catches up with Michaels and Sid as they're leaving to the back. And Psycho Sid says they are not done with Diesel. Mm Mm-mm. We then go to Pettengill, who's in the locker room with the Heartbreak Kid and Sid. And they say they, they beat Big Daddy Cool with Sweet Chin Music. But there was no ref. But where was the ref? Which is Everyone saw it. Completely it's true. true. Yeah, I'm loving, I'm loving it. Like, give him the out. And give him an honest out. Like, I know that, he, that they tried to cheat, but the buckle didn't even really get used. Nope. 
thank God, because Sean's head went into the turnbuckle <laughs> the way he went into the second pad, the exposed one. Ugh. But spoiler alert, they will use that top turnbuckle as a story point. Oh, really? Going forward. They're going to say that he hit it? He was supposed to, yes. Yeah. Well, and that was the catalyst for the next part of this story. Mm. But he didn't hit it, and so the storyline has a little bit of like a... Continuity issue? Yeah. But I mean, the way he went into the second one was so perfect, does it even matter? <laughs> the way they tell the story. It does. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. So we then go to our seventh match. Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam? With King Kong Bundy. Tatanka. Nikolai Volkov. Kama, the Supreme Fight Machine. Erwin R. Scheister. And the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Money, money. Versus Lawrence Taylor. With Ken Norton. Chris Spielman. Hey. Ricky Jackson. Carl Banks. Steve McMichael. And Reggie White. With Pat Patterson as our special guest referee. I think Pat's in there just to, like, you know, keep Taylor, like, be like, yo, like, he probably set the, like, you know, agented the match Pat or something. Patterson is always the ref for these, uh, like, celebrity, celebrity matches yeah. because he's... I was thinking, Pat Patterson said, you're going to have five or six football players around the wing? Put me in there. <laughs> <laughs> so the story behind this match, we kind of saw a little bit at the Royal Rumble. When Bam Bam would shove Lawrence Taylor. Afterwards, Bigelow was forced to apologize, only for him to retract it, saying Taylor had no right to laugh at him. So Bam Bam would continue to challenge and insult LT week after week on TV until Taylor's lawyers would get involved, showing up, telling Bigelow it was never going to happen. But eventually... LT would accept the match. He had enough. Followed by a confrontation at a press conference and a public workout the week before the show. And as we mentioned earlier, not shown on the network, and obviously be able to, you can find it on, you said Vimeo? Yeah, if you just search like Salt and Peppa WrestleMania 11, it'll, you can find it. It's a couple minutes long and they do the whole song. They do an LT inspired version of What a Man. It's really good. And the only reason I even mention it is because you can still see them cheering for people as the competitors are coming out. Yeah, they show them like early in the show, and then here, like they're still on the stage because they legitimately had like just performed. I'd imagine uh, that they did it right before this match. Yes. Uh, what song is it? That is it the ESPN song? What is the or like Monday Night Football? The or All Pro Team comes out to the Monday Night Football okay. theme song. I was like, why do I know this wonderful song? And that's what it is. Like Hank Williams. I think it's the music probably pre. Or it's the dun 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. It's not the. Are you ready for some football? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like I didn't remember hearing that one, but I didn't figure they. That would have been sick if they came out to that. Honestly, either one's good. So the all pro teams all in the ring when the million dollar corporation comes down, and they're challenging them from ringside, but the footballers can just keep them from entering the ring. Once everything kind of settles down, the, our two main competitors are in the ring. Pat Patterson's giving them instructions as they stare each other down when Bam Bam shoves Taylor. That's how it all started. LT comes back to slap and clothesline Bigelow, 
before delivering a knee lift and a clothesline to send Bam Bam to the floor. You know Diesel taught him that. The crowd goes wild. Diesel taught him that. Oh, yeah, of course he did. Diesel taught him everything he knows. I doubt Diesel and Lawrence Taylor ever met. (laughs) Yeah. They may have shook hands. You notice that in the WrestleMania (laughs) intro, Lawrence wasn't anywhere near near Diesel. He was with, uh, or Diesel was with some of the all-pro crew. Kevin Nash, football player? Uh, Yeah. Of course. Look at him, he's gigantic. I figured either basketball. basketball, maybe. Oh, yeah. (laughs) After rolling back in, Bigelow tries for an avalanche splash, but Taylor moves and hits a bulldog for a two-count. Several forearms and a hip toss send Bam Bam to the floor to regroup with his friends when LT leaps over the ropes to the floor. I know, damn. Which causes the two teams to have a standoff while our competitors get back into the ring. You know what I was thinking when he like jumped over springboard, like over the top rope to the floor? I was like, what if he twisted his ankle? <laughs> like This man plays football. Bigelow takes control with a boot to the ribs, a pair of hair butts, and chokes before hitting a body slam and heading up top for a diving headbutt. But Taylor avoids. LT with a forearm, and he charges at Bam Bam, only to be caught, allowing Bigelow to go to choking, before locking on a Boston Crab, which Taylor escapes by getting to the ropes. Bam Bam pulls LT back to the middle of the ring to continue working the legs, but Taylor makes the ropes once more. LT is fighting back with forearms and a back suplex, but Bigelow is first back to his feet, allowing him to hit a double axe handle, a pair of diving headbutts, and a leg drop. Bam Bam heads up top once again, connecting with a moonsault, but he injures his knee in the process, which allows Taylor to kick out at two. Yeah, that whole I hurt my knee thing looked pretty sad. (laughs) <laughs> Back to their feet, LT goes to run the ropes Hitting what was called a jackknife powerbomb But it's really just a gut wrench powerbomb I know As Taylor isn't able to get Bigelow all the way up It still looks okay It, it didn't look bad Yeah, uh, and I was like, ah, that should have been it I was like, I was hoping that was the finish And my thought was I was, so, pu- I was pumped So that's what Diesel taught you, huh? Uh-huh <laughs> They make it to their feet again with Bigelow hitting an Inseguri and more diving headbutts before heading LT, up LT. for a top rope headbutt that connects for the pin and no, no LT kicks out. Taylor fires up with forearms and shoulder blocks and then heads up top for a flying forearm for the pin and no win. Post-match, the All-Pros jump in the ring to celebrate while Jim Ross gets the Million Dollar Man's thoughts, saying that Bam Bam has embarrassed me and the corporation. We then say LT with his crew and his son, celebrating a little bit more as the show fades to black. Embarrassed the Million Dollar Man and the corporation, Bam Bam. You embarrassed Nikolai Volkov. King Kong Bundy. (laughs) Erwin R. Scheister. Kama, the supreme fighting machine. <laughs> Poor shyster. So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of WrestleMania 11? The last move on this show, Lawrence Taylor off the top, first Superman punch, it's a fucking Superman punch. Like, uh, it's, it's like a Superman punch. Form, but really. it looks like a Superman punch. I don't know. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, damn. It looks, I mean, 
we'll agree that Lawrence was better than maybe you expected. Yeah, he was definitely that. Yeah, I mean, I'm considering like it's a main event or whatever. Yeah. I think he did pretty well considering we've previous, seen a lot worse previous WrestleMania football player participants. You know, were just guys throwing each other around in a ring and going over a top rope in the WrestleMania. Two yeah, that sounds royal. Right. That sounds right. Yeah, this was um, like I said, he, he was better than I expected. Yeah, but I mean, I really uh, like this show. From what I understand, people think this is one of the less good WrestleManias, and that I, is what the consensus is. I there. think that this is a really solid wrestling show, and maybe I'm just biased because we've been watching a lot of bad WCW. Can and, can I jump in here? Of course you can, because. I'll give you my thoughts here. If this show didn't have the word WrestleMania in the title, I think we would think this is a pretty good show. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's maybe not WrestleMania quality. It's the level of expectancy for what we consider WrestleMania to be yeah. is what makes the show not deliver. This is a great SummerSlam. Yeah. It, it, it is a great SummerSlam. Yeah, SummerSlam yeah. would have been great. But yeah, it's like the thing. It's like, oh, Brett and Backlund. It's like, can't we have a Brett banger? Like and then Lawrence Taylor was still better than you expected, and I get that it's the whole star thing, and they got stars here, but it doesn't it doesn't quite feel WrestleMania big, but I think it's a really quality show. The show is also like thirty minutes less than what normal yeah pay per view WWF pay per views are yeah which maybe I, I also that when I sat down I'm like all right well you know I'll at least have three hours of show to watch and then I. It popped up. Yeah, you have two forty-five. Was like two twenty-five. I'm like, oh, cool, oh, nice, yeah, yeah. That was it, just, it made it like literally only one match. That much more of a joy to watch on this show. Yeah, nothing outstayed its welcome, and I don't think anything was. Was it, I don't was, think anything was needed bad. more time. No, I don't think anything means. was. Like, I think bad anything either. was great. I mean, if anything, they probably would have just. They should have added another match, most likely. Yeah, I don't think there was anything like terrible on this show that, that's the thing is like but i mean then again we are also missing the salt and pepper, salt and pepper performance there's probably yeah. some other backstage stuff that yeah. we didn't but see the um thing that i found i was like there's a little bit for everybody here without it getting like too wild like all of the matches are like wrestling matches and we've had a hard time coming coming across those recently. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. I was just happy to see, I guess, some wrestling matches. You know yeah. what I mean? We're not bitching. And I'm not mad about any anything. of this. Yeah. I, no, that's the th- yeah. That's the thing is that like, like I said, it's a pretty good show. I think it's a. I think it's a, a I th- better than average show. I think the reason that it's looked down upon is that it has WrestleMania in the title. Yeah. Understandable. So, so if you compare it to other WrestleManias. I mean, it's it's better than, you know, some. Yeah, yeah. it just doesn't feel as grandiose. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Shane? Because I kind of jumped in line. No, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think we're all pretty much in on the same page. I watched the show in, like, one sitting. Yeah. I can't say that about some shows we watched recently where I'm just like, I don't know if I got it in me right now. I mean, even for me, being, you know, one who's watched it before, you know, there were some fun surprises that I forgot about. I, I forgot about the... Until she popped up on there, I forgot that Jenny McCarthy and Pamela Anderson were both on this one because of the the lead in just from Royal Rumble. 
that this was the one that Yokozuna came back and won the tag team titles with. Yeah, I forgot this was Owen's little tag team run, finally getting that, that championship locked down. Yeah, it's not um, a slog. No, it's definitely not. Uh-uh. I honestly forgot that Lawrence Taylor won. As we were wa- or as I was watching, I kept thinking to myself, you know, come on, hurry up, let's let Bam Bam win, just get it over with. Oh, see, I felt the I thought <laughs> I the exact opposite. Where I was like, oh well, Lawrence Taylor is obviously going to win. That sucks. I don't want Bam Bam to lose to a guy that's not a wrestler. Yeah. But I, it's, it's WrestleMania. It's Lawrence Taylor. They're not going to bring him in here to lose. I mean, it's April, so it's pretty far away from football season. I imagine he's still currently a football like was active a football player at the time, right? I believe so. Yeah, I can't remember. Except I'm not. So. I don't know a whole shitload about LT. I don't remember exactly what year he retired, but I'm pretty sure he was still playing at this time. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. So, what are some of your best moments of the show? I love Razor and Jared. Yeah, I love Razor and Jared all the time. I loved him here. It's probably my favorite match of the show. I'd say Razor and Jared were fun. The the kick from One Two Three Kid at the end of that match. Oh yeah, was his one kicks of my were nasty. Moments from the show as a whole. Funny enough, the like he was supposed to hit the exposed buckle, but Shawn Michaels going that hard into the second turnbuckle pad kind of blew my mind because the camera was just <laughs> right there for it. <laughs> I honestly like the the fact that there were so many audio issues. It is fun because it just yeah, yeah. I kept laughing at it as the next one happened and the next one happened. That come on, seriously, you guys, how are you not getting this yet? <laughs> yeah, they had the B team on. I enjoyed the first tag match. I thought more Lex, than I expected. Lex sure. and Davy Boy worked well together. I mean, yes, they did have the little bit of a mess up on that power yeah, slam, but that was, that was I'm their like, match, I'm like, they clean that up. That's going to be a really fun act to watch. Yeah, they look great together. Um, obviously, they're both fucking huge, and they could be champions forever. Basically, if they if they could stick around long enough but uh normally right about now is when matt would come in with the line of you know and they were both fired three days later okay honestly they're trying to get him over pretty hard like they built up the blue brothers on tv with jobbers and they've been undefeated so then you bring lex and davy boy in here have them beat them and vince keeps talking about how these guys are going to be like a tag team of the future they're going to be a tag team for a long time so he is kind of good shit. Maybe, I mean, maybe he's just being hopeful. Here, here's a, they just they put the belts on Owen and Yokozuna later in the show. Yeah. Who has history with Owen Hart and Yokozuna? Those Lex Luger and yeah, Baby Boy David Smith. Boy Smith. Totally makes sense. So it totally makes sense. And you want to see those guys have a match against each other, and that's how. Like, how do you have Lex and Davy Boy go full babyface? You got Owen Hart being a real piece of shit, and then a Japanese guy with Jim Cornette and Fuji. So yeah, I'm loving where we're going. Anything else? I mean, I think the show's solid. Yeah. Sean and Diesel's really good. Like, they're just, like, it's Shawn Michaels. He's good. Diesel might as well, Diesel and Razor might as well be working with Shawn Michaels or Jeff Jarrett. Because <laughs> those guys are fucking good. I'm really loving what Jeff Jarrett's been doing here in 95, the end of 94, maybe. I don't know. But for these last handful of shows, I'm just loving Jeff Jarrett. How about most disappointing? Probably that Brett had to do an I quit match. That's not even the worst match on the show, and it's, it's not. not the best match. It's just a bummer because like it's, we want there, Brett to have a that, match. There's that expect, expectancy of quality that we have for Brett Hart matches, yeah. and this doesn't come 
anywhere close to it. No, it's I guess it's quality for an I quit match, but it's and like it's not. But we don't I, need. I, it. I'm it's, gonna I'm gonna tell you part of the issue for me in this match. Piper. It's Piper. Yeah, yeah he's a pain. He's annoying. He's very annoying. Yeah. Hurt. Hurt. Yeah. Hurt. Yeah. yeah. What do you say? He's like just he's in there too much, like, and too quick asking him. I, this is why this kind of like you hate the. Four corners, like touching strap the match, strap yeah. matches. The I quit with the microphone mm-hmm. is probably my least favorite. I hate because they. It worked one time. It was very bloody. They used I'm a like, table. They used a chair leg. If I don't need, don't nice. use, don't put a mic in the ring. I just have the people say it. Yeah. Like if people can't hear it, oh well, the bell's gonna ring and they're gonna know. Yeah. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You keep shoving a mic into the people's faces, and it just takes me out of it completely. Yeah, I think that it was kind of nice, but in that like the one, the one famous. I, I mean, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna totally say this, and then in about four years, I think there's one that's actually good. That's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. And I'll and I'll totally change my tune but for it that didn't one. Work here. But it doesn't work here, and ninety percent of the time, it doesn't work. And it didn't yes. work in Piper's hand. No. And we love Pipe. I hate to say something bad about the man, but like it was just he's just a little too much for this. And especially if he doesn't turn on Brett. It's like you teased it the whole time, which you should have, but that was smart, but like if he's not gonna do it, couldn't it have been somebody else? But the reason he's here, it's WrestleMania. I mean, also disappointing to me, along with Bret Hart being in this match, we also have Undertaker in this Bundy match. Mm-hmm. Undertaker is now four and at WrestleMania's. He should be four and because he's faced a bunch of crap opponents yeah. in those four matches. But you literally, this is WrestleMania. Yes, you get your two, those those are your two big guys. Mm-hmm. Or they should be. I mean, we're we're building Sean. We got Diesel as champion. But your yeah, two big Brett guys are champion. Brett and Undertaker. And they're both basically in mid-card feuds. Yep. Yes. They are. Eh. Yep. And like, I like Taker more in theory than in practice. I understand why he's huge, like so why he's so popular and why he's cool and why it works. But I'm not like the biggest Undertaker in the ring fan. I don't no. think many people are. It's about the character and the consistency of the character and all of that. But it's like, what's your favorite Undertaker match we've seen? I don't even know. They're all the same to me. So far? So my far. Favorite, so far. Like to we've watched. So far, so far yeah. Like fuck, I don't even know. It's like they're all just kind of a wash. I remember more about the Royal like Rumble '94. Oh, okay, just okay. because of the ending. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's because <laughs> the Undertaker. That's the Yokozuna yeah. when Yokozuna beats him in the casket match, right? Yeah, and he that is RIPs. yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, because Undertaker, but it's not, is... the, but it's not the ma- like the match itself isn't good because no, it's no. just a clusterfuck of people running down. It's what's remembered is the stuff after. The Here's match. my take, which is not very hot, but probably more honest than anything else is the undertaker's matches are just a catalyst to undertaker moments Mm -hmm. that we all remember it's like you get the match to get to like the the moment of i mean or sometimes the moments happen in the match but it's never a technical thing it's always a supernatural thing which it should be because he's a supernatural character he has better matches later in his career when he has better people to work with or people that are more but at this point there, no one, no one is able to 
have that kind of match with him right now. Yeah, it's not like they haven't figured figured out how to make him. Yeah, like have me, a it, technical match. To me, my favorite opponent for Undertaker hasn't even shown up yet in WWF. I mean, I imagine that uh, it's his uh, big beautiful brother. That's not my favorite opponent of his. Okay, well then maybe it's uh, Mrs. Foley's baby boy. He's good too, but that's not my favorite. <laughs> oh, okay, the Cerebral Assassin. Okay, I, I, Hillman Triple H. I oh, feel like they yeah. have great chemistry in the ring. Yeah, the two of them, and then him and Sean. Like I'll I'll say it now because who knows if we'll ever make it to that WrestleMania? That's the one WrestleMania that I thought the Undertaker was going to lose. Oh really? The is it like twenty something? Not, no, the one with Sean. The Sean uh, guest referee match. That's yeah. the one I'm talking about. Because they face each other two years in a row. Yeah. It's uh, 27. No. It's, tw- it's either 27 or 28. Yeah, yeah. 24 was Sean and Flair. 25 was Taker and Sean. 26 was Sean and, and Sean. 27 was, was yeah. Trips and Undertaker. And 28 so, yeah. was Trips and... and... I think it's 28 because Undertaker hadn't wrestled since 27. Oh, and then Sean came back to be a guest referee. And oh, yeah, the end of an era. Yeah, the end of an era. Yeah. That match. So that like, was technically that's, their, that was that's their the third Taker match for you? Because him and, him and Triple H have done three. Oh, okay. Because they did like 17 or well, it's, something like that. So it's WrestleMania 28, that match. Yeah. Like, Favorite. that's the one WrestleMania match that like, of t- Takers that I went. Like, they're, like I was they're in gonna, the, the gonna, first time I watched that match, I'm, I was in the moment and I was like, Undertaker's losing this match. Yeah, they did. They they did the. They finally got you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what we all want. That's the only thing I ever want out of wrestling is to f- fucking forget that. Forget that to get got. Yeah, I just yeah. want to get got. I just want to <laughs> get. Wanna get got. I just want to get caught up in it, man. I just that's all I'm waiting for. How about best performer of the night? I don't know. I loved Jarrett. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the Jarrett train right now. I don't know why. Like Sean, of course, is great. He's Sean. But I think that Jarrett and, like, I think Razor is better than Diesel, obviously. Yeah. And uh, Jarrett is very similar in being a shithead and technically great, like Sean is. So it's just like, oh, like, here's our peanut butter and and jelly of, is Sean and, or not Sean, is uh, Jarrett and Razor. Where it's like, okay, well, you know, Sean and Diesel is maybe like you used apricot jelly and it's like well I don't know why we did that but it was it wasn't the worst sandwich I've ever had a little too crunchy <laughs> yeah just like I don't know apricot and peanut butter okay how about you Shane honestly I'm I, I gotta go to uh, Kathy Huey I'm giving it to her who you love you love the America of the Beautiful yeah oh uh, I mean great. that was it was so such a wild performance that I was I, like, "That's one of that, those that I got got because I wasn't expecting that." At oh, all. me neither. It like turns into this thing that is like otherworldly, to where it almost feels like it's Bjork or like Kate Bush or something. <laughs> like, like, oh damn! Like, I need to put on Wuthering Heights now. After this, <laughs> she really goes for it. It's really cool. For me, it's Bam Bam Bigelow. He made LT look great. Look great. Yep. LT didn't do himself any. Didn't he? Didn't he looked like he was trying? And he's obviously if, if, L, if LT had ever wanted to come back and do this again, I wouldn't have been like, uh, he sucked. Uh, no, thank you. No, it's he not. He looked a, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
He could honestly, if he was like, I'm done with football, like he could come be a big man. I feel like he could take to it. Oh, yeah. I should. I feel like that, he could. I got to put that then on my best moments because you just reminded me. LT jumping over the top rope onto the floor. Yeah, yeah. that blew my mind. <laughs> I mean, dude. Ron Simmons never dude's did that. A crazy athlete. I mean, that doesn't surprise me that he can do that. But I mean, Yeah, but it's also pretty ballsy of him, too. True. Especially if he's still, still like, currently on a contract or whatever. Like, you know. Those ankles are important. Yeah. Super important. How about most surprising? I, I was surprised that we didn't get the salt and pepper song, but then I, as soon as we didn't get the song, I was like, oh, I am not surprised. We don't, of course we don't, we don't pay enough for this yeah, network. Of course I'm not surprised. Jim Ross's talents were wasted on interviews on the aisle to and from the ring. Yeah, he could be he could be getting it he could be ramming and jamming over there with but I don't I don't dislike Bret Hart having one of the worst matches yeah. on the show. Yeah, and the thing is is it's not bad, it's just why that? I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's awful. We're gonna talk about some stuff. It's not awful. <laughs> Last week we just talked about some stuff. We yeah. did. We, we did just talked talk about, about some stuff. stuff. Some stuff. Stuff is like the nicest oh. word I could use. So, yeah. like, this was still, like... The word I want to use still has the letter S starting. <laughs> yeah. But, so, I think that this show gets maybe, like, it's rose-colored glasses because we've been doing some stuff that we're not fans of, covering some stuff that we really, like, feels like, why did we even do this? So, it was nice to see a show that was all yeah. wrestling matches. Yeah. All wrestling matches and all different kinds of wrestling matches. Yeah. There was, like... Variety, but not variety in stipulation as much as like actual style. So I appreciated that. And it's funny. We used to go to WCW for wrestling. Now we're over here at WWF for motherfucking wrestling. Hey. I'll take it where I can get it. What's that common factor that they have that made one suck and the other one get better? It's like this glowing light <laughs> right above it. Mm, orange yeah, and red and yes. yellow. And uh, mm-hmm. Orange orange for sure. But he's not on the show, so I'm not even going to talk about it. Uh, yeah, we, we do not <laughs> speak his name when unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, just just that a, a show headlined by LT and Bam Bam Bigelow is actually really good. Yeah, I mean, the crowd was hot for the stuff that they should have been hot for. And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish. Tatsumi Fujinami had held the IWGP Heavyweight Championship for 10 months when New Japan Pro Wrestling was set to hold the first wrestling event at the brand new Tokyo Dome. Fujinami would vacate the title to participate in the one-night single elimination tournament that would happen at Battle Satellite on April 24th, 1989. Tatsumi would lose to Big Van Vader in the semifinals, with Vader then defeating Shinya Hasamoto to become the fourth IWGP heavyweight champion. Big Van Vader, born 1955 in California, into a military family, would grow up competing in shot put, wrestling, and football. He would earn a scholarship to the University of Colorado before being drafted into the NFL where he would unfortunately never play a down after he ruptured a patella and forced to retire. Vader would be spotted at the gym and offered a chance to be trained in professional wrestling. 
where he would get his first exposure in the AWA in 1985. He would make his way to New Japan by 87, where he would defeat Antonio Inoki in a match that caused a riot from the crowd that would get the promotion banned from the sumo hall for a couple of years. Vader would maintain a top spot in New Japan for many years before transitioning to WCW and eventually WWF, before having runs in All Japan and NOAA to end his career. For his accomplishments, Vader has been inducted into the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. A month after winning the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, Vader would face a Russian that had skyrocketed up the promotion for his first defense. Man, I want to watch this Battle Satellite show. <laughs> I'm like, Vader and Shinya in 89? I believe a couple of those matches are on the network. I know, I, was, I immediately was like, World. Oh, I might have to... This sounds great. And it's Shinya in 89, too. It's like, I didn't know he was... Who's this guy rocket in Russian? We'll have to find out the next time. Um, Is it Tony Borga? No, but we have seen him before. Okay. Think of all the Russians that we've seen. I guess if it's still the 80s. Nikita coming back. It's not Borga. It's not Nikita. (laughs) We only saw him one time. Oh, really? Yeah. Next week... Three-way dance. Ooh. Motown Philly back again. <laughs> I don't want to go back to Philly yet. I'm uh, having so much fun I mean, in places with different food. It's uh, EC, ECW, I'd imagine. That's I'd right. imagine this is uh, in our 2300 arena, the ECW Absolutely. arena, the uh, building that uh, Beer and Piss built. Correct. <laughs> Make it sound so glamorous. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've heard the stories. But we'll have a few surprises on that show. That'll be fun to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always interested. And uh, ECW continues to basically get better. We're on, a, we're on a pretty good run at the moment here in 95 in ECW. So. so does that mean I bring like that, what is it called, three-way chili or whatever that they have at Coney Island <laughs> where you get like noodles and stuff in it? Oh, like since that, that's a Cincinnati <laughs> thing, I thought. Is it? I don't uh, know. That's like the Cincinnati chili, and I think it's like, I don't know. Uh, Whatever. I do something with three. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or dances. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know. Great. Great. Who knows? Well, maybe yeah. maybe we won't have a, like official Philly food. Maybe we'll have something inspired by the show. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Well, just, maybe we'll it's Google. It's getting tough. Maybe we'll find out what um, Polly Dangerously... It's your segment, bro. <laughs> yeah. You can do whatever you <laughs> yeah. want with it. Maybe we'll find out what Polly Dangerously's favorite food is, because it's got to be good with uh, the way he's packed it on over the years. Music from this week's show is WrestleMania, the instrumental version, by Mike Stock and Peter Waterman. And fun fact here, Lawrence Taylor actually comes out to Bam Bam by Jim Johnston. Bam! Which bam. becomes Bam Bam's music. Huh. But Bam Bam's already just, come out to it before. They add the Bam Bam. Oh. And then the music that... Taylor comes out to is his music. They just took the Bam Bam out for yeah. his. That's ah. funny. It's a good song. It's, I, not much happens, but I do like it. It's a, it's basically a, there's a saxophone in oh. it that literally they just added a little. So bit. it's a it's a different version, but it's the same. But it's the same composition song. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh, we took out the Bam Bam and added a little bit of a little bit of hot sax. Yeah, I just thought it was a really. Yeah. Fun little huh. note. I don't remember it from the show, but uh, I'll have to. They actually play out. the actual song on the network. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it's a Jim Johnson, so they got to. Yeah. But yeah, I'm uh, 
when we when this one drops, I'll have to go back and, and check it out. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast at. You can always email us with any questions, comments, concerns, recipes. I mean, if you have anything from Philly, if you have anything that if you know of a something a that's inspired by dances or three ways, <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get to the point where it's like, well, it's yeah, called what you ask for there. You it's might called, get yeah. something unexpected. Food wise, guys. Food wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have a hookup, with, if you months. have a hookup with Jenny McCarthy. And a three-way. Is she on your free list? I haven't asked, but <laughs> yeah, she but, might be. Yeah, but I'm going to force the hand. But you can always do that at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. X. We'll talk to you next week. Laters! Oh, like Bam Bam. Yeah. <laughs>